It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder need to make a move for a big man after the latest bit of injuries that they ran into. However, who's out there on the market for the Thunder to acquire? We're going to dive into that and the Sixers beat down after this on the Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder needing a big man, the loss to the 76ers, and the start to Jay Will's NBA career with extended minutes for him. SGA had a rough night against Philadelphia, but Josh Giddy had his most effective month of his career. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's Price Picks, promo code locked on. So, let's start this recap podcast, which is going to lead us into the topic of the Thunder Nina, the big man with our game overview, though you always do. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball for the Thunder. It's just the injury bug. It's Chet Holmgren out for the season. It's Usman Jang out for another month. It's Jerry out for an extended period of time, weeks to weeks. And then Poku out six to eight weeks, at least that's before his reevaluation date. And then in this one, Aaron Wiggins just is nowhere to be found. Did not play coach's decision. Just did not play in this game. The Thunder starters were SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, and the Jalen Williams. There was a lot of garbage time in the fourth quarter, so we're not going to do the whole who had the five most minutes. Uh, no James Harden, not even on the bench in this game, by the way. No Therese Maxey, no P.J. Tucker, and the Sixers still just absolutely obliterate the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was not even close. I mean, getting within 17 points felt huge in this game. That's how much the Sixers ran away with this one from start to finish. And the big story of the night is the Thunder needing a big man. And I get it. I mean, it is frustrating to watch the Thunder, who were so promising just a week ago, and see them struggle against Charlotte, where Charlotte only misses two shots at the rim, and see them uh, 
get beat down by Philadelphia with really no shot to win. And I agree that Oklahoma City needs a big man, but let's lay out the entire picture before we just start spouting it off and, and complaining. The reason the Thunder need a big man is not about winning game to game. It's not about pushing all in. It's not about getting to the play-in. It's not about uh, you know making that big-time blockbuster move to tie up the roster. It's not about any of that. To me, getting a big man is another form of committing to player development. Because players cannot operate with the lack of offensive ability of Darius Baisley, of Jay Will, and inconsistent Mike Muscala minutes. Like They cannot operate under these circumstances. It makes everybody worse. It doesn't allow you to evaluate everybody in, in, the, in the proper context. So if we can agree that Darius Baisley is not fit to be a big man and not fit for the center roster, really. And then we can agree that Jay Will is still young and is still not ready for the workload the Thunder need him to perform under, given the circumstances of these injuries. That takes two bigs out of the way right there. Muscala is the oldest player of this Thunder roster, and with that comes inconsistency because you're you know it's night in and night out that you don't know when he's going to have it. Versus not, and of course, shooting is very volatile. So offensively, just whenever you rely on three-pointers, some nights you, you're hot and you score 17 points, like on Tuesday. Some nights you go one for six, like tonight against Philadelphia. So you take those three away and say, yeah, they're not going to cut it. Now you're down to Kenny Hustle at the five, which makes him worse and also makes the team worse. Because him and Eugenio Marui, they're not big men. And so this makes the team worse on both ends. You're having a triple-team Joel Embiid because there's just no one size-wise that can match up with him. And it's not just Embiid. I, I get that Embiid's a, an all-world player. But it was Mark Williams' last game. It was Mark Williams. Since the Thunder lost Poku, which then put them behind the eight ball by not having Poku, not having Jerry, not having Chet Holmgren, bang, 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 all your sinners are gone. They've given up 66 points on Thursday to the Hornets in that same exact number, 66 points in the paint, on Saturday against the Sixers. So if we can agree that there's flaws when you play Baisley, there's flaws when you play J-Will, there's flaws when you play Muscala, who playing drop coverage in this game was still inconsistent on the defensive end, uh, but again, it's a tough matchup against Embiid. And there's flaws when you have Kenny Hustle be at the five, both for himself and for the players around him, and that Eugenio Maru is not a big man. If we can agree on all those facts... There was quite literally not another person on this roster whom you would even consider to play at the five. And with Pokoshevsky, the reason I'm trying to make this move for the Thunder and get them a big man in this hypothetical world, it's not as though you can just wait it out because wins and losses still are not the priority of this season, in my opinion. The priority is still development. And the wins and losses are great, and I hope that they continue to pile up, and I want this team to make the plan. I think that that'd be really cool if this team had the plan. Forget about the lottery because you have Chet Holmgren and you're able to see this team develop. Because if they do make the play-in in this specific season, like the play-in this year is not some uh, downtrodden tournament. It's not some NIT, right? This is the big dance the tournament, the, the play-in tournament is because of how good everyone else is. Compare the records uh, at the same exact time of, of January 2nd, the 15th, you know, the, 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 uh, the 10 seed last year's record versus the 10 seeds this year's record. Compare those two things and, and so on and so forth since the playing tournament has been conceptualized. This year, it's on pace to have the best record at every slot that it's ever had. So, like, to get to that point, it means that this young team came together and won a lot of games. And they're going to get Chet Holmgren back next season. 
So like, I think that the plane is a great thing. Uh, I think also think that you know, having a better chance to get Victor Mignogna is a great thing. So I think that no matter what path this season goes down, it's going to be a great thing. But the reason I'm saying to make this move right now, it's not solely focused on the plane. It's not solely focused on winning. It's because you can't just sit on your hands and say, well, it gets you closer to Victor Mignogna and eventually it's going to be all better. It's not going to be all better eventually because Pokashevsky is six to eight weeks away from being reevaluated. That's not returning. That's just checking up on him. Usman Jang is a month away from playing again, and he's not a center. Jalen Williams, according to Mark on Tuesday, he told me that JRE is not walking like a basketball player. If you're not walking like a basketball player on Tuesday, you're pretty far removed from playing an NBA game, especially starter-level minutes, like 20 to 30 minutes a night. So when you watch this team give up only two missed shots at the rack on Thursday, and that the worst offense in the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets, dropped 121 points. And you see the Sixers, who don't have Terry Maxey, who don't have James Harden, and Embiid was triple teamed, so he had an inefficient night, but still got you 16, 13, and 10, drop 115 when the entire game was garbage time, pretty much. I mean, again, it, it felt big that the Thunder got within 17. That felt big. And you're giving up back-to-back games of exactly 66 points in the paint. Something needs to happen. Because Jay will in two starts, has not made a single shot from the floor. He's scored one point, and he's refusing to pull wide-open threes. So teams can defend the Thunder just as if Andre Robertson was out there. Like this is the same way. And it hurts everyone else offensively. Everyone else. Shea, and so on and so forth down the line. And... Make no mistake, Jay Will is the guy that I have hope for in the future. I love watching him play in the G League. And in the G League, it started the same way. He didn't pull those, those open top-of-the-key threes. He waited around for a dribble handoff. He waited around for a handoff or, or to set a screen and just get the ball out of his hands or try to make a play as a playmaker. But these last few weeks in the G League, he started to get more into a groove of just shooting the three. If you're going to leave me that wide open, I'll shoot the three. And they've gone down a lot for Jay Will at least a respectable number to where it changes how the defense has to play him. However, for Jay Will, it appears so far, we've only seen him uh, for a handful of games, both with the Blue and the Thunder, but it appears so far, he takes a bit to get acclimated with, with his surroundings. So don't take this as me bashing Jay Will or, or, or giving up on him. I think that he has a lot of potential as a playmaker, as a backup big, and we saw him wall up better at the rim in the G League. We saw him get body positioning and rebounds better in the G League. He's shown he can do it, but again, I think that it's just more so comfortability like he needs to be comfortable to play well and he's not comfortable right now it's his first two NBA starts his first two games with NBA workload like I know that he's played you know nine ten games or whatever it is now these are the first two NBA games for him like th- those other games were three minutes here two minutes there these are the first two NBA games of his career he's obviously not going to um adapt in that that, that quickly so to say so I still think that long term Jay will is a good project but as of right now he hurts you a lot he hurts you a lot at the NBA level. Muscala, you know, he he had four points in this game and fouled three times playing drop coverage. Baisley is awful with decision-making, which hurts everybody and is not the, the type of brand of basketball you want to play. Kenny Hustle has his two worst games these last two games where he's trying to play the five, and it's just not for him. It's just not, especially not in heavy doses. So I'm not saying go make a huge move. I'm not saying go make a trade that gets you some future center, you know, the center of the future, some future starter. 
just make a move that allows you to play competent basketball on both ends of the floor of a center who's under contract control for a year or two or whatever. And even a guy that's easy to get off of, but just as a better fit for what you want to do the rest of this season. Because that's what you got a game plan for is the rest of the season. I know that there's a reevaluation date for, for Poku in six to eight weeks. Looking at where that puts you, you know, six to eight weeks from now, that's going to be tough to, to ramp it all back up. And I hope he does because he's having a great season. And I think that he will. But again, you, you've got to be prepared for all possible outcomes. Jeremiah Robson Earl not walking like a basketball player, you know, at least says he'll be out for another two or three weeks, I would imagine, to get ramped back up. So you've got to make this move to not throw away these next two to three weeks, not from a winning standpoint only, but also from a developmental standpoint, because nobody's getting better playing under the current roster construction. Nobody is. But coming up, who is available for the Thunder? It's easy. It's easy to go out there and spout out that they should go get a big man, but how? What's the pathway to acquiring a big man? Anybody can take the reservation. It's holding the reservation. That matters. And what also matters is, Going to Prize Picks because Prize Picks is incredible and it's there for you. Download the app or go to PrizePicks.com. Whenever you go there as a first-time user and use the code Locked On, you get a hundred percent deposit match up to hundred dollars on your entry. You can win up to twenty-five times your entry on any given entry. It's so fun to do. You pick two to six players. This is all it is. You pick two to six players and you guess if they're going to score or assist, or get more yards in football, or get more rebounds over or under more or less than their prize picks projections. And if you're right, you can win 25 times your money on any entry. It's not competing against others. It's it's not about you versus somebody else. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Because a lot of the times, you know, if you play in these random pools, you're going to face off with people who study this fantasy stuff for a living. And so, of course, they have a huge advantage over you. But with prize picks, it's kind of no pressure. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You either win or you lose based upon if you predicted something right. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, PGA, college football and basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. So go right now. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals. Uh, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So go right now, download the PrizePix app in prizepix.com. Use the code locked on, 100% deposit match guarantee up to $100. PrizePix is where you want to be right now. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. 
I am your host, Ron Styles. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. So, we can get really fired up. We can get really passionate. We can scream about adding a center. Right? We can scream about how this team needs room protection and they need to go fix this injustice. Right? But is there a a logical pathway for them to add down low. So again, I don't think that they thunder should go get someone who they would deem a center of the future, especially those trades just are hardly ever pulled off in season. Those are more of off season stuff. So now you're down to guys who are on a two year deal on a, on a one year deal and reclamation projects or, uh, you know, young guys who just haven't worked out in their stop for whatever the reason which brings you down to the Darius Baisley Baisley type of players. Who would be better, Darius Baisley or Darius Daisley? I think I said his name wrong both times. I don't know. Anyway, it brings you down to players who their fan bases feel the way about these guys that you feel about Darius Baisley, where they might do a couple things right, like Baisley plays really good defense, one through five, switchable, all that versatile stuff. But they do a lot wrong where fans are just kind of out on them. So those are the kind of players available right now. But they still can make things work, or at least give you a shot to make things work better than your current roster. So the two-year deals, but they're easy to get out of, you know, the, and they're worth a flyer to me, are Mo Bamba and Darren, and Darren Sharp. The one-year deals would be Nerlens Noel. Uh, Hassan Whiteside's a current free agent, so like, whatever, but I, I don't, I don't want to bring Whiteside into this environment for the Thunder. I, I, from just everything that you hear about Whiteside, it's not great in terms of uh, meshing in a locker room. So I think that we can rule out White, uh, Whiteside, but he's kind of the only, you know, the only good free agent out there that you could reasonably grab right now as Dwight Howard's in Taiwan, I believe. But let's break down these young guys, Mo Bamba, Sharp, and then throw in on this well still, who cares? So for Darren Sharp, he's played in 18 games this year. Averaging three points and three rebounds. Uh, he's played four NBA games the entire month of December. Pretty clear that the Nets are not in on him anymore. Don't really care about playing him right now. Uh, and probably don't have a pathway to ever play him. So, like, the price for Darren Sharp would not be high. Like, it would not be significant. You could probably get him for, uh, you know, a couple seconds, I guess, or whatever the, the, the trade works out. Of course, you got to match salaries and stuff. But still... You know, whatever the trade is, it's not much. Like what you're losing, you wouldn't even feel. It would be like a billionaire losing a single dollar bill in a McDonald's parking lot. Would, they won't even notice. It's just just vanished. That's the the give you have to do to get Darren Sharp. Is he worth it? Does he fit the play style? Again, he's on a, he's on a two year deal that you can easily get out of. So worth it is subjective in terms of. Um, whatever you give up that I don't think will be necessary. So yeah, it's worth it. Does he fit the play style is very more, is a more interesting question. Uh, he, I think that he, of course, makes you better at defending the rim offensively. I'm not sure that he fits with what the Thunder want to do. I don't think he fits with what the Thunder want to do, but at least offensively, you get better defense, with at least a better offense. And there are some aspects that you, you can really help see him help others. J dub, Josh Giddy, Trey man. In the pick and roll with Darren Sharp, where he's kind of a lob threat for them, and he can kind of attack, attack and put pressure on the rim, the, all three of those guys can really get complimented by that. His screens creating space for SGA. Like, those are ways that he can make 
offensive players better for the Thunder that they don't have right now. And you get a look at a guy who, if somehow the stars aligned, and if somehow this trade not only happens, but we sit back in a couple of years and it ends up working out to perfection, he's only 21 years old. This could be another uh, uh, Sam Presti uh, heist if you get him for a second in Darius Baisley. And for the Nets, you're not playing this guy anyway. Darius Baisley can switch one through five defensively. You have the firepower offensively when it comes to a half-court game in the playoffs to get away with maybe playing Baisley in the playoffs because he can switch one through five defensively. And you have Kyrie and KD and all these guys to uh, get you buckets in isolation on the other end. And then, of course, a change of scenery. Who knows what that can do for Baisley? Who knows? Again, the return and the trade would not matter for Sharp. It's about if you would want him or not. The more interesting player is Mobamba. So Mobamba has played 30 games this year for the Magic. He is uh, averaging eight points and five rebounds. And I think every Thunder fan like would just throw him out as a name that they would want, uh, considering the circumstances of this, of this team. And I would love Mobamba. I would love Mobamba. Uh, both as just a fan of going to every single home game and watching Mobamba warm up and watching him play, like it'd be awesome. Uh, but also, I think that Mobamba can really rejuvenize himself in Oklahoma City, if you will, take an even better step than he already has in Orlando. The problem becomes: what does Orlando want to or need uh, from the Thunder in return to give up a guy that's a seven foot, seven footer, seven ten wingspan can deter the rim a little bit and is competent offensively. And again, these trades are not to heavily impact the future of the Thunder, you know, but still Mo Bamba is a guy that if he were to pan out, he's only 24 years old, averaging eight points, five rebounds, one assist and a block per game. He's shooting 50% from the floor and 37% from, from three on three attempts per game. Uh, which is almost a career high for him. His, his best year was last year where he shot 38 from the uh, three-point line on four attempts. I would I would do a Mobamba trade right now. But again, what does it take to get Mobamba? And then the last one is known as well. Seven games played this year. Uh, he's had averaging one and two, you know, one point and two rebounds per game. He's a DNP CD since the November 18th mark of the calendar. I don't think the, I don't think the Pistons and Troy Weaver want anything for Noah's well. Like I think that you can give him a 50 fit, you know, a top 55 protected second round pick and get Noah's well. But the thing is number one, it'd be funny just because Troy Weaver and Sam Presti do have history. But even though he's an expiring deal um, after this season is over, so you can clear that roster spot out. He is owed at $9.2 million this year. And then you can easily just decline his $9.6 million club option, which is kind of what is, is what's going to make him a free agent following this season. Noel, you're familiar with him. He played for the Thunder before. If you brought him in, that means that Sam Presti liked what he brought on and off the floor for the Thunder. And and less, you know, on the floor now, he's not going to be some stud player. But again, it's about competency, not necessarily being a stud player. And so if you brought him in, you know that he wouldn't be a problem in the locker room. You know that he'd just kind of do his job uh, because you've had prior experience with him. And so to bring him in, that means that the, that the Thunder and Sam Presti signed off on that and that they agree with that statement. So, which we don't know if they do or don't right now, but if they did, it would mean that. Not as well, fine flyer. But, like, these are the names. Like, and none of them really move you. Mo Bamba would get, would get a lot of hype and excitement if it happened, but none of them truly move you. 
So what do you have to give up to these teams? We have a mountain of draft picks, but but do you really want to expend one of your future first? And I know it sounds like you're just hoarding them at that point, but do you really want to expend one of your future first on Noah's Noel or Darren Sharp? Heck no. And then Mobamba, you can talk yourself into. The only real player asset you have is Darius Baisley. And again, it's just a trap that we fall into as, as fans of certain teams. Oh, this guy's terrible. Trade him away. Well, if you, if you think he's terrible, he has zero value. So, like, if you think he's terrible, other teams will think he's terrible too, and then they won't kind of value him. With Baisley, the difference here is for him, while he won't net anything significant, the, the key part is the way that coaches and GMs view the game and how competitive they are and how um, kind of confident they are. With Baisley, you've already seen that, that elite-level defense that can switch one through five, which is very hard to do. And then... Coaches and GMs might look at him and say, look, the price is so low on trying to buy in on Baisley right now that if we were to buy in, I can get this guy to conform to my system. I can put him in a better spot to execute. A change of scenery in my system as just kind of this true big man that rolls through the rim. I can get and fix Darius Baisley. And so if a team thinks that, then you package Baisley, you package a, a pick, and maybe you can get a guy like Mobamba. But seriously, while we sit around and complain and scream that they need a big man... Who is it? Who's the guy that you need? Who are you going to trade for? And, and what really moves you? There's a lot of question marks if Sharp and Noel would even make this team any better. And Bamba, you know, I, I think that he would make this team better, but it's not a sure thing slam dunk. The other name out there is P.J. Washington. Now, P.J. Washington's a really good player. And, and he's only 6'7", but he plays bigger than he is. He averages 15, 5, and 2. And when I see P.J. Washington... I see what I thought Darius Space would be. Like, I wrote an article the day that Baisley was drafted and said, look, go look at his high school stuff. Like, this is exactly what the new era of Thunder basketball is going to be. It's going to be this 6'9 guy that can handle, that can pass, that can play make, that can catch a, catch a rebound off the glass on the defensive end and go in transition. Uh, it's going to be someone that can score at all three levels, and none of that came to fruition for Baisley, at least in Oklahoma City, except for the defense. And B.J. Washington plays bit, uh, you know, bigger than he is on the defensive end for being just 6'7", and keeps that versatility, uh, keeps a, a much better offensive boost, and maybe it's something you can get away with considering he averages one block per game on 15 points, uh, four rebounds, you know, 4.8 rebounds, so call it five, and then two assists. Uh, he shoots 34% from three on five attempts. You lower, you lower those attempts, maybe it becomes more efficient, and then 42% from the floor. P.J. Washington would be a great choice for the Thunder in terms of trying to fill this, this role. He's also 24 years old, so if he continues to play very well, uh, then you can re-sign him after the year's over as a, as a restricted free agent and keep it rolling. But that brings up a whole nother can of worms of why Charlotte would get rid of him, why they wouldn't just resign him to a, an RFA deal. And then if you do resign him, now you've got that roster crunch situation coming up again in the offseason. Those are the names. Who do you want? When you, when you tell me that the Thunder got to go get a big man, when you tell me that it's Sam Presti's job to go fix this roster due to injuries and go get a big man, who is it? Who is it that you want? We'll talk about more of this coming up, including the overall game against the 76ers. But first, I want to tell you right now, better good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order. Built Bar is a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. You can use it pre-workout, push-workout, even as a meal replacement or a snack. They're filling. They're delicious. They're great. Uh, the the Built Bars are only 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And they have so many great flavors, including my personal favorite, which is going to be the Snickerdoodle Chunk uh, Built Puffs. 
fantastic, but they have Snickerdoodle Chunk, which I love Snickerdoodle. They have chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, granola duo. They have uh, cookies, uh, cookies and cream, cookie dough. They have white chocolate peppermint. They have coconut brownie, brownie batter. They have coconut marshmallow. They have a churro flavor. Uh, they have double chocolate, mint brownie, cherry barcia, salted caramel. They have so many great boxes. You can just get a, you can get a variety pack box and just try them all out and see which ones you like and then reorder the ones that you love. Uh, check it out. You can also build your own box. So if you know that you love two or three or four flavors, you can just build a box around those flavors that you already love. Go check it out today. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we're here for you, talking Thunder Basketball. For your second listen, check out the Game to Game podcast. The Game to Game podcast is incredible and wraps up the day of the NBA from the night before on the Locked in NBA feed. So, first, let's address Haircut Gate. So, if you're watching on YouTube, and you should go over and, and, and check out YouTube to see the haircut. But if you're watching on YouTube, you've noticed a dramatic change in the hair. Mark also did. So, Mark Degnott walked into his press conference on uh, Saturday, turns over, looks as he walks in the door, and goes, Wow. Then he sits at the podium and, and asks me, how long I've been thinking about chopping it off, asking if I'm going to get it to grow back. And I told him, I said, you know, Mark, if my hair had an injury report, that answer would be questionable. And then he did set me straight. Well, look, then whenever I give you cryptic answers, you can't get mad because you did the same thing. And that's fair. That's totally fair. Also want to point out that Matty T, my boy in Thunder PR, said I look like George Clooney. Now, no one has ever said that in my life. No one agrees with that, not even myself. However, thanks to my boy Matty T, Thunder PR, my guy, I can now say that somebody has called me George Clooney. That's cool. Anyway, Sixers game. Josh Giddy. Incredible. So we've been asking these head coaches, especially the former guards, what they think about Josh Giddy. And he said that Giddy is super impressive, plays with flair, makes teammates better. But the thing that stuck out to, to Doc Rivers was that Josh Giddy played in summer league last year. And he even went as far to say there were other players in street clothes who did not have the season that Josh Giddy had as a rookie that did not play in summer league. And so it stood out that, that Josh Giddy played in summer league. So I asked Josh Giddy about that. And he said that he advocated to play more. Like he said that the plan was for Josh Giddy to only play in Salt Lake city, but he asked Sam to play in Vegas. And then after his last Vegas game, he texted Sam Presti and said, please let me play. Please let me play. He wanted more experience with the new guys. And it's paid off with J-Dub. Like there are certain passes that Josh Giddy's made the J-Dub that just does not work without that chemistry and timing and, and development of understanding when and where somebody's going to cut and when they're going to be, where they're going to be at, how they're going to, how fast they're going to get there, stuff of that nature. So it's worked out with J-Dub and let's see it work out with Chet Holmgren because in the summer league, they were both best with each other on the floor. So it was interesting to hear uh, about that side of things for the summer league aspect, but 
in the real season so far. Giddy's been awesome. And in this game specifically, 20 points, 60% from uh, the floor shooting, one for three from three, nine rebounds, only two assists, but they should have been so much more. A steal, a block, only one turnover in 31 minutes. Should have had more assists, but let's look at Josh Giddy's overall December. In the month of December, Josh Giddy averaged 15.8 points, just call it 16, nine rebounds, five assists per game. He shot 49% from the floor and 43% from three and shot 90% at the free throw line. This is by far his most efficient month of his career, and Giddy was great in December. Really has adjusted well to the NBA adjustments after after a mildly slow start that was kind of far overblown. Uh, J-Dub knocked down a couple threes in garbage time, which helped his stat line look good, but he still played well. 17 points, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, 60% from the floor, three for four from three. I asked him about his putbacks because he ranks in the 95th percentile in, in, in synergy on in putbacks, and he said it's a bit of luck, uh, but also understanding where the ball is going to come off the rim whenever certain guys are shooting from being around them and knowing, hey, this guy misses long or this guy misses short, this guy misses left, whatever it is, uh, and understanding that to go get those putbacks. Uh, SGA had the worst game of his career. No legs, lacked energy, uh, as the whole team did. Uh, but it's a ton of usage for SGA. Like, he's had a ton of usage, and he had just one of those off games. And uh, you, you saw him grab his back a few times against Charlotte after a made bucket. I wonder if that's plaguing him at all. He played 32 minutes but rested the final five minutes, and the Thunder have a Sunday-Monday off day before a back-to-back home road, Boston and Orlando, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, 14 points on 26% shooting, six rebounds, five assists, and he only had eight free throws in this one after taking seven on Thursday. And I wonder if there's anything to that. Like, I wonder if refs are saying in their little pregame huddle in the locker room, they're telling themselves, look, this guy's been getting the line at 12, 13, 15, 10 times a night. Not on our watch. He's going to have to earn them tonight. If they're looking for that, like we'll have to monitor that for these next couple of weeks if they shoot back up in the free throw attempts per game. Uh, also, she had another dunk, so he's at 21 now in dunks. He needs 24 to make a new season high, so he's three away from that, which is cool. But the Thunder overall just had no legs, no energy. They were sloppy execution-wise, and they just had no chance. Like They kept shipping away, but they'd get down to 17, and it'd blow right back up. Uh, the Sixers got up 33 points at one point. No lead changes, no ties. It was one of those games. It was one of those games. And uh, Hubie Brown has always said, which is from Chris Vernon of the Mismatch Podcast, that there's going to be five games in both directions where you don't have it that night. There's just nothing you can do. And there's also going to be five games where you are fantastic and everybody plays above their pay grade and you just blow out a team that you shouldn't. This is one of your five games. You know, that, that just it, did, it, was just, it was just over. It was just over before it started. Uh, by the day was Philadelphia. They were somehow minus two and a half. Uh, they covered. They covered easily. MVP of the game, Josh Giddey is MVP of the game, and probably the month for the Thunder, uh, despite you know, SGA could get it every single game, every single month. But Josh Giddey was awesome in December and in this game. So what's to come? On Tuesday, we're going to have our best of 2022 for the Thunder and our New Year's resolutions for the Thunder. So drop them down below on YouTube comments and on Twitter, at Rellinger's Course House. What is the best moment for you of the Thunder year of 2022? Wednesday, we're going to recap, recap the Celtics game. Thursday, we're going to recap the Magic game. Friday is a mailbag podcast where we're going to grade your takes. So drop your hot takes down below as well and your questions. And until that point, we'll talk to you later and be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.